Today's episode is brought to you by AOS Kitchens, the South's leading outdoor kitchen design and installation specialists. Welcome to another episode of the Meet and Greet Barbecue podcast. It's just me today. Dan's not here, but we have a fantastic guest, Jack from Jack's Meat Shack, is talking to us about his well new career in barbecue. Um, so without much further ado, here's Jack. Welcome, Jack. It's fantastic to have you on the Meet and Greet Barbecue podcast. Uh, for, for everyone listening, pl- please introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. My name is Jack, aka Jack's Meat Shack, and I suppose I am best known for my Instagram account. Um, so, yeah, that's my sort of claim to Instagram fame is that I started about six years ago and it's got like quite a decent following now, I suppose, nearly enough 32,000. Um, but I do brand ambassadorship for Kamado Joe and Traeger Grills, and I've just started doing classes with Barbecue Land and Hitchin. Um, I've been doing stuff with them for about the last four years, really, so it's, it's finally good to be able to actually do classes because the pandemic like put a massive spanner in the works when it comes to, you know, actually physically seeing people, yeah, so. So I suppose for you then, probably because of that, Instagram was the best way for you to kind of get out in front of people and and then show show what you know all the cooking that you're doing oh massively it was the, it was the only way wasn't it really to to meet anybody to be honest and i think for that first year 2020 wasn't it when it actually kicked off the pandemic like i can count on one hand how many people i saw i mean i was lucky enough that the job i was in um so i was i was up until july this year i was in the police so oh, okay. i was like one of the like you know one of the sort of main sort of people that could go out and about so i was lucky enough to actually be able to go into work and see other people other than my family which was you know a bit of a bit of a reprieve really but um i mean we had our daughter during the, the pandemic so she was born um st patrick's day and then the pandemic kicked off like the full lockdown was a week later so we had a week of where we could see people a bit of normality and then the next thing you know it was like didn't see anyone for 12 weeks so yeah that year was bizarre very bizarre yeah definitely definitely and when you said obviously you started that instagram page about six years ago uh and obviously congratulations on a healthy 32,000 <laughs> you 30 to 32,000 following did did you kind of expect expect it to kind of go that way did you, you know, no, it's quite, quite quite big numbers isn't it yeah you know what it was started basically as a joke like i had a personal instagram page that had like 300 followers and I'd always been into barbecue. Like I always been into like cooking outdoors. There was no like level of skill to what I did. It was like you know, getting friends together, watch a bit of like UFC, get some steak on the barbecue, like all weathers. That was our thing. We just did it no matter what, snow, rain, whatever. Yeah. We just did barbecuing. And then when I started the Instagram account, it was just my own, and I changed the name to Jack's Meat Shack because a bit of a joke. Because um, we'd always be the sort of household that would cook for people, like so everyone would come to us and we'd do the dinners and all that sort of stuff. And then from that, it just kind of took off, I suppose. I mean, the first kind of company that I did any like collaboration, and I'm doing like quotation marks here, was Traeger, like Traeger UK. Um, I actually bought my first Traeger after speaking to 
the guys on the Instagram page, they did me like a, a deal where it was like that cost basically. So I went to Riverside, bought it, yeah. met Russell, who was at the time like manager of Riverside. He was mega into his barbecue. And from that, it just kind of, I suppose that was my like introduction into the community of barbecuing. Yeah. What um what what Traeger is it that you're you're currently working with? I've got the Timberline 850 and the Ranger. Oh, okay. So the new Timberline. Yeah, the D2 model. So it gets uh, gets hotter a little bit quicker. I think the, I don't, you know, I'm not gonna fully understand the science, but the, yeah, the, the fan <laughs> works a little bit quicker, the motor's a little bit faster. But um yeah, yeah. I've I've seen a lot around the the sort of new the new one. Over the last six months, again, it just seems to have so many people have invested into into that new model, that new range. Yeah, you know what? I suppose it's like it's like anything, isn't it? It's the evolution of the the brand. So even like Commander, for example, they've got the classic three now, which has got all the innovations on it that the classic one just doesn't have. So I suppose Traeger is the same. Like they will always try and better themselves with the next sort of you know release. And then now we've got the Timberline XLs, or I think that's what they're called. Then you know the ones with the like induction burner on the side. It's all like I've seen this, yeah. Like, like you know, best part. I think like five grand in America, five thousand dollars. So God knows that much over it. But it's like a lifestyle piece. It's not, you know, a typical barbecue. It's it's got everything you can ever need with it. You know, it's got storage cupboards. It's got the burner with an induction plate on the side. You know, you could basically if you had an outdoor. I suppose like for the American market, they got the weather where they can cook outside 24 you know all year round we unfortunately yeah you know, a, bit of, a little bit of bad weather now, every now and again that we do in the winter <laughs> um, some yeah. of the hardcore still go out and and grill but um yeah i suppose if you've got the the an outdoor kitchen that would be like pride of place in it yeah yeah definitely definitely so and you obviously you you mentioned about the commando as well so you're part of the fire squad yes yeah yeah uh, how, yeah. how long you've been kind of working with with Commander Joe? You know what? It must be about four years now. Yeah, it must be because I met Ben um, Forte, who's the uh, global marketing manager. I met him in Camden. Must have been about 2019, 2018. So yeah, from meeting him, he basically said, oh, "Do you want to come along and help me do a, a demo?" And I think I went to Bedfordshire Barbecue first time and like helped him out basically i was like he's sous chef like dog spotty do you know what i mean like do this <laughs> test that lime chop that ginger do you know what i mean and then yeah. um from that he was like oh, do you fancy doing one of these yourself and i was like well i haven't even got a commando he's like oh, we'll, we'll, we'll sort something out for you so yeah from that got the got the classic too and then just fell in love with it yeah it's such a different style of cooking because i was like a weber guy that was my man that's why i started my account my yeah. um my first barbecue i ever bought was a 47 kettle you know the smaller ones which i still have it's about, that's about 15 years old but then the first like proper barbecue i bought was a, a weber summit and that was like my introduction that's what the sort of instagram account was born from was that grill yeah um, so yeah i love that that's a great grill like Weber. i don't know what's what the new ver new version of it is, is like but the old version the old summit is is ace it's really really good I, I did ponder on a, a summit for a little while. Um, I've got I've, I've got the fifty seven kettle, which I've had for the best part of ten years, and you know they're they're obviously fantastically built and they last they last don't they as well, which yeah. is which is great. But yeah, there was something about the summit that 
that was that was pretty enticing. But I, I ended up choosing not to go with it. But what um, again? Do you, do you find that it that it compares to things like the Commandos? And I mean, you can't really like it's because it's not ceramic. You don't get that. I think the ceramic should almost give like a certain taste and a certain sort of smokiness to the food that uh, the the summit doesn't. But if you're like looking to buy a grill that is under, I think they're about a thousand pounds under the new summit charcoals. If you're looking to spend a thousand pounds on a grill that is got a a 60 centimeter cooking surface and basically acts like a Kamado style, that what it is, isn't it? It's It's a Kamado style grill. The summit yeah. is wicked. You know, that space, you know, you'd struggle to get. I mean, even the, the 57 cow is is limited, isn't it, with what you use it for? But the, the Weber summit is, yeah, that's, that's a good old bit of surface to cook for people on. Yeah, definitely. I, have you ever seen, have you seen the ranch ones? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I wanted one ever so I've long. Never seen like, that big. It? Yeah. It's like yeah. The, t- the Timberland 1300, isn't it? Like, what, what could you put on that? Like, not being funny, if you put one chicken on that, it looks a bit lonely. It's like putting a bloody, <laughs> you know, chicken in a phone box. It's like massive. Yeah, absolutely. So just out of interest then, obviously, you mentioned that you were in the police force, you know, kind of uh, up up until recently. Uh, does that mean you're kind of moving towards barbecue more full-time now? Yeah, that was, you know, not that it was like my, you know, I'd always dreamed of maybe doing this whatever this is i do um full time um and it's like yeah it's scary like i'm not even funny like i've been in the police 15 years so three years as a pcso and 12 years as a pc in hackney and you know i made no you know no secret of the fact that i love barbecuing and you know that was how i spent all my spare time like literally the hours i did allowed me to get home at like 2 30 every day to you know get outside do barbecue and all things like that um and yeah everyone was like oh are you gonna leave the place do this full time it's like uh, and then when i you know started the account there was no way i could do it but then a few things <laughs> yeah. happened towards the end of well beginning of this year that basically meant that i could earn equal to what i was earning in the police if not more doing you know sort of yeah. barbecuing events i mean digital content i suppose is my main thing i do now for companies and and brands and bits and pieces and you know it's just given me more time to explore opportunity like the classes at barbecue land they they're you know always going to be on a saturday because you know that's like when most people want to do a class isn't on a saturday but it meant having to work in the week till like friday do the class on the saturday but now we can develop like a better syllabus we can do classes on a weekday we can do evenings and all these opportunities basically and that are there and especially events like when the world opened back up like after covid like everyone just wanted to do something outside like so solex for example did that this year it's the first time they've done an outdoor cooking area at solex before that it was all indoors and whether or not that's had something to do with the fact that people just wanted to meet each other because that's the thing and it's like social currency people just like to chat about barbecue like you've got a podcast about it you know what i mean you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And when people go out to an to a, like an exhibition and see like a you know a Traeger sitting there all shiny and new on the stand, they don't want to see that. They want to see it in action. So yeah, it was wicked to be part of that and have all these events sort of popping up on that. So yeah, 
it's been um it's been an Great. exciting year if you said to me in january oh by july you're going to be leaving the police to do this i'll be like nah but yeah it happened so <laughs> here we are here we are yeah well you've got certainly got a smile on your face about it so i suppose they do say don't they if you uh if you do something you love you never work a day in your life yeah exactly yeah well i'd love to talk to you about the uh, barbecue land and the events and the kind of you know what you're doing with those I'll, I'll circle back to that in a second yes. but just kind of interested obviously it said you, you've been doing the the account side of things for six odd years but you've always had an interest in barbecue kind of I suppose where did where did that start you know where I suppose being British most of us you know most of our parents might not not necessarily been out barbecuing I know my parents were certainly indoor cooks all the time but you know, where, where did you kind of get that inspiration to cut out and cook on, you know, coal and fire? You know what we had when I was at school. So this is when I was in secondary school. We had a, I had a group of friends who I still see now, and one of them's um, parents always used to barbecue. So they always used to have like leftover barbecue in the fridge, like sausage, chicken, and it always used to taste amazing. So I suppose when we were old enough to like do it ourselves, we just sort of started doing it ourselves. And we'd always like go get the meat, all go around someone's house. Like we all, like I had the forty-seven centimeter kettle. We had um, my friend of mine had one of the, you know, the Weber, uh, what they call performers with the ta- like the the table yes, next to it. Yeah. So he had that, um, and we just yeah, we just used to like all gather around and just like spend a couple of quid and just get steaks and sausages and just like grill, and then my other friend he started dating a girl whose dad was greek so we always just go around their house for barbecue as well so like all these things like were like almost like fanning the fire of my like interest in cooking outside and then yeah when i moved yeah. out of my parents house that's when i was like oh you know what? i'm gonna buy a smoker and that, the first smoker i ever bought was a brinkman um like basically like a dustbin it was like literally like 60 yeah. quid and it basically literally had like no way to control the fire. You literally just had the fire at the bottom, the food at the top, and that was it. Like just off you go. Like so, everything I did was like nukes. Like when when you smoked it, it was like mahogany brown because there's so much oak, oak smoke all over it. <laughs> um, and then yeah, I suppose the second barbecue I bought was a Swiss Grill, which was a really decent brand of like gas barbecue. So yeah. yeah. From that, yeah, it's just you know, it's like you buy one and then you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna buy that, get that. And then, Next thing you know, you've got like 13 of them in your garden. <laughs> yeah, and the problem is, it's sort of like, where do you stop? It, when you run out of space. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that's the thing, yeah. I'll, well, I moved house because I'd run out of space, <laughs> <laughs> so to be fair. But, you know, I'm, I'm the same. Uh, I, was, I was sort of talking to someone recently, and, and it was kind of, oh, I'm, not, I'm not sure I need anything kind of barbecue related at the moment. And then where we've had a break over the summer for, from recording, and obviously I'm talking to you now, and we, you know, we've been starting to talk to a few other people for our season four, and all of a sudden I've got the twitch again. And yeah. I, found myself, I found myself looking at barbecues the other night, just going, oh, yeah, I could probably buy that one. Well, I probably what's your, what's on your wish list then? What's your like top three things if you could snap your fingers now and have? What would you have? Savage, Savage Barbecues Fire Cage would be one. Yep. Uh, I, I quite like the Hellraiser. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's quite nice. And I've always had an interest in the Yoda, Wichita, 
offset smoker that you'd have to get imported from America. It just yeah. looks a thing of beauty. So yeah, I think those those three would be at the top of my list. Um, yeah, obviously none of them cheap. No, yeah, especially the the witch side. Yeah, bloody hell. I think they do them. Well, they do the Yoda at Barbecue Land. They do the competition version of it, and it's like five and a half grand. And you're like, oh. yeah. You know what? That's the mean. Like someone's at somewhere. At, people out there have like got a love barbecue. Have got deep pockets so they can buy things like that. So yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, to them, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what would be what would be your uh, would be your top three on the wish list? Oh, you know what? I would really like to have a play with one of Somerset Grills, like Asada type. You know, the Santa Maria type grill. I've not I've yeah. not cooked on anything like that for years now. I did it in an event. So yeah, something like that would be good. The Gosney Dome. I've not got one yet, but I've got access to one at Barbecue Land and it's wicked. It's so like I, I don't know what it is, but I don't think it's the fact that it's the, the brand has basically like infiltrated every aspect of life. So it's mainly like the the thing to have, like, but it yes. is, it backs it. Do you know what I mean? It's not like something that's like once you get your hands on it, you're a bit like underwhelmed with it. It is that good, like the way it's designed, the way it heats up, it holds the heat really, really well. Yeah, that's that's um I suppose second on my list. And like, yeah, like you, like um, I like the Yoda, they do a charcoal version with a big flat plate. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that. So it's, no. Yeah, it's like the, it's a, they do a charcoal like grill and it's got like the adjustable level of the the grate to rise rise up to that. That'd be pretty cool. But yeah, the list is endless, isn't it? I could like rattle off loads of things I want. Essentially, what we all need to do is just everyone have their own barbecue store. Yeah, <laughs> or a warehouse yeah. or something that we could just yeah, exactly. uh, yeah, we could do it. <laughs> like so uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. A barbecue and all that yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> um, so barbecue land. So you you mentioned a couple of times. I've said, hey, you've got access to the to, to the Gosney Dome, which you're completely correct. Gosney is, every, you know, it, it is just seems to be the brand of the just moment. Everywhere, it? isn't it? Yeah, you just yeah. can't escape it. Yeah. Funny enough, I was just I've just got back from taking my son to his football training, and I just got chatting to one of the, the dads on the team, um, and I'm wearing a barbecue hoodie, and he's we started talking about barbecue. He's got a rock box. Right. Uh, and again, just it, it, again, we were just having a very, very similar conversation that Gosney just, yeah, they're, they're almost kind of storming the pizza uh, uh, yeah, scene like, at the minute. Almost come out of nowhere because rock boxes have been about for years, haven't they? Yeah. And I don't ever remember there being this much buzz around like Gosney the brand, but you know, Tom, the founder of it, is obviously he's, his story is interesting. Like people just, buy into the brand so his story is interesting as it is like how he basically started from scratch you know he's almost like Richard Branson-esque isn't it he's you know yeah. started from nothing and he's built into this like global you know juggernaut really so hats off to him yeah and it, 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 it helps that the grills or the, the the ovens haven't changed as well so the rock box that's the original design so it's not yeah. changed it's not like you go out and have to buy the new version every couple of years it's like that's it it's, that's done yeah so Again, mark quality though, isn't it as well? That yeah, yeah. You don't have to keep going out and buying the new ones. And I think, I suppose we've all been in those situations, haven't we, before where, you, you know, you go to your local DIY store and you buy your 40 quid one and then you end up having to replace it after 
a couple of months because it's rusted through at the bottom. And... Yeah, buy it cheap, buy it twice. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, ha- you, again, you we'll go, we'll go back to the barbecue land side of things. And, <laughs> yeah. We get there in the end. Yeah, that's it. We keep kind of we'll searching, but but uh, so obviously you, you're working with, with with them. Yep. Um, again, kind of what what, what is the what's the kind of ins and outs of that barbecue land partnership that you do? And you've mentioned events, but is there other kind of elements to that? You know what? I suppose I am the social media manager, if anything, like I started by managing their Instagram account years ago um, because I think most people would agree, like social media is a bit of a mystery to some people. Like they just don't get it today. Like they just don't understand it. So um, I did my first Camaro demo at barbecue lands and then from that got chatting to richard the owner who obviously he's you know got a great business mind so he saw the um you know the 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 demos basically were a great way to entice people in because again you can show someone a barbecue in a showroom but what they really want to see is how it works what the food tastes like out of it so we basically just started doing demos and i did like maybe a few of those um every year with him and the talk was what's to do like classes so we started talking about doing classes a year before the pandemic hit but it was just like you know when you try and do something but i was working he had other things in his mind we just never got around to actually getting it off the ground um so then during lockdown did all their social media stuff we launched a youtube channel it was myself um smoking dan he did some stuff for it paul nyland so yeah they've got a really great library of videos from a couple of different sort of barbecue chefs they've got about 100 videos on youtube now so it's a good place to go and like look at different techniques and stuff and then the barn so he built an extension this year in march it was finished he's built basically a massive barn at the back of all his showrooms it's where barbecue land is it's really it's on like a, a farm in Hitchin, Little Wymerley it's called. Um, okay. So all the showrooms are like different little cabins, but then at the back there was space and he's built like this massive purpose-built wooden barn. So we've got a, a teaching area now, like a you know weatherproof teaching area. It's all got sink and plumbing and all that bits and pieces. It's got fridges in there now. So we've got a, an area where we can start doing classes. So we started them about, must have been about three months ago, we've done Kamado, we started off with like a Kamado basics class. So yeah. yeah, it's just been really popular. Like we've had people all all different types of people coming to the school, not just like hardcore barbecuers, like you're talking people who've just bought one, don't even know how to use it really, but want to know a bit more. And obviously they go like you know, stuff that is fairly simple to me, like smash burgers, you show that to someone who's never done one, that's like change their change their life. They're like, oh my god, I can't believe this is how you would do one. Because to them, they've always, yeah. someone said to me, I can't remember who it was, he was like, oh, yeah, normally, like, get them, this is, like, old school, what my parents would do. Oh, yeah, get the mince, mix the egg, do the breadcrumb. And I was like, what? Like, were you making meatballs <laughs> or a burger? Like, what's going on? But, yeah, just <laughs> yeah. a different way of showing people how to, to, to make, you know, simple ingredients really tasty. And that's the whole thing in the class. I don't want to, like, show people how to smoke a brisket for 12 hours because, realistically, most people aren't going to do that. Most people are going to get the three for 10 from like Tesco's or Sainsbury's, you know, the mints or the chicken or, you know, the sausages and want to know how to do that well on their barbecue. And that's kind of what we focus on. Yeah, we do like reverse here tomahawks and stuff for a bit of sort of showing off. But yeah, the the main dishes we do are really simple stuff like rotisserie chicken. 
you know, simple technique, but makes for lovely moist chicken there. And every time we do it, we show people the rotisserie chicken. They like if they've not got rotisserie, they go and buy one straight away because it's the best chicken they've ever had. Yeah. And and are you finding then that the people that are coming to to the the classes are more beginners or are you are you finding that you are getting seasoned barbecuers that no you know, know just want the opportunity to cook with you or everyone everyone we've had is been newbies like not not part of the barbecue so this is like what i would say like one of the pitfalls of having like a, a fairly decent like instagram following it doesn't mean you're going to automatically sell a product from that following yeah so you can have like 50,000 followers. It doesn't mean you're going to make 50,000 sales of something you're trying to sell. Yeah. Same with the classes. I thought, oh, yeah, we'll get those people in. But realistically, everyone that sort of has a barbecue Instagram knows how to, you know, do things like smash burgers, chicken wings, all that. So yeah. everyone we've had in has been like people who don't really know how to like grill and have bought or are thinking of buying a Kamado. I wanted to see an action because you think you've got like four hours basically where you can have a play. I'll try and make it immersive so people can have a go at everything we do. You know, people have a go like butchering the chicken wings or like balling the mince, doing the smash burgers or, you know, reverse searing the steaks, like all the elements you can have a go at. Plus you get to like fire up the grills. We've got like seven commandos we've got access to. So you can have a play on all of them. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a great little area where we can teach and show people how the grills work we're doing pellet grill ones as well so that's another like niche that people are not sure of i don't even know what it is what's what's a pellet grill yeah actually again talking to people that are not barbecuers uh talking about the traeger yeah if people don't know the traeger brand and you're trying to explain to them where it's a wood pellet what do you mean by that (laughs) it's it's yeah exactly yeah yeah Yeah, like where do they go what's like where what you have to plug it in like people get get confused don't they do, do you find that quite rewarding though obviously you know if if everyone is a newbie and they're you know they're in the process of looking at grills potentially buying or just bought do you kind of get quite a good you know level of satisfaction the fact that you're you're helping them on their journey in into barbecue oh massively yeah it's great like there's nothing worse than having something like imagine spending like two grand on a commando but then not using it to its full potential like and being you know trying a couple of times to like get it going and being like oh you know what i'm not it's not for me pack it in it's just simple yeah. stuff because i suppose you, you know once you it's like you buy it and then it's like the old the old analogy isn't it of like you know, you don't you don't learn to drive until you pass your test all that sort of stuff it's the same with barbecue isn't it i suppose you don't learn until you've made like numerous mistakes and that's what i'm doing with people i'm just like basically saying i started from the beginning i've made loads of mistakes but you know, it's like it's more technique, isn't it, than than skill? If you can master things like the air control on a grill, like how to stabilize the temperature, then unless you're going to like fiddle with it, it will stay that temperature. And Kamado is yeah. designed to be almost like idiot proof. They've got deflector plates, so you know if you couldn't take really fatty, you don't have to worry about big flare up fires and stuff. So yeah, it's they are like a good grill to teach on. <laughs> you've kind of almost segued into one of the things that we like to talk about, about our barbecue fails, about the many mistakes. <laughs> Do you want to share with us one of your barbecue fails? Oh, how long you got? Jesus. Um, <laughs> as long as you need. Like when I first started cooking, when I, when I got my Weber Summit the first time, 
I didn't understand the fact that you basically get, I, I treated it like a Weber kettle. So I got like a whole chimney of charcoal, filled the grill with like lump of charcoal and just dumped like the lit chimney in the in the grill. So it got to like 300 degrees Celsius. So I couldn't figure out how to like get the temperature down. So the brisket was like shoe leather at the end of it. Um, I've got like a bit of a nemesis thing going with beef cheeks where I've tried them a couple of times and it just don't, they just don't come out how I want them like rock hard bullets. But um, I'm one of these people that if I mess something up, I will just have to do it again and again until I get it right. Yeah. Yeah. Beef cheeks. So that's, that's an interesting thing. I'd spoken about it before because that was one of my fails beef cheeks yeah mine came out like i think where the fat had rendered it it, it was almost like wallpaper paste it was right. gluey and glumpy and it, it just it was not a good flavor or texture to have yeah but you had said you, that yours were like rock hard so it's interesting to uh, you know fail, I, my I, fail, I didn't but i didn't wrap mine I, I know like now you have to braise them in some sort of liquid to get them like that squidgy that's the mistake yeah. I made, like whether it be like a shallow braise, because it's there, um, there it's the collagen that you need to break down. So you need to take to like, like that higher temperature to get that collagen to break down. A bit like pulled pork, isn't it? So you need to like wrap them. Yeah. But yeah, oh, you know when you're just like, I done it twice. I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have, you, uh, have you had a good since? No, you know what? I haven't. I haven't done them for a while. Actually, I should do. Yeah. I've got some pig cheeks in the freezer. I might give them a go first. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same though. I kind of want to have another go just to, to to make sure that I can get them right. But I hate wasting money and I hate wasting food. So yeah. it's, it's like when you can't when they're inedible, it's the worst feeling, isn't it? Yeah, when it, when when something can't be saved, you're like, oh, you know what? Yeah, and that, and that's you know what that's what I was brisket is one of the things I like. I'll do it every now and again because it is good for a post but realistically i'm like oh it's such if you like if you mess it up there's no saving it you know if you've if you take it over very hard to save i mean yeah you can like use it in a stew or a chili or you know do it use it for someone else but yeah it's that like that window at the end is it and your timing's got to be spot on as well so if you want it for dinner you know you've got to start it really in the morning or the night before or yes yeah, yeah, but it's the one that everyone kind of you, again you were talking about newbies getting into in, into barbecue. I think where there's such a still a such a, a heavy American influence, and yeah. you know, if you go onto YouTube and you, you you look at American barbecue, brisket is still revered as the kind of the piece of meat to cook, isn't it? I understand oh, you, got, yeah. you know your ribs and that, but it's still brisket is the is the thing. And it is daunting, isn't it? The first times so, again, especially if you're not used to a barbecue or you're not, you, you know, you're not mastering those techniques that you were saying. It, it's it's a really complicated piece to try. Oh, massively! And, and as you just like touched on there, it's like that you need to have done a few of them to know, you know, like the phrase of probing like butter. Well, I'm not being funny. What does that even like? What does that mean? All these like terms that are thrown about. No, you know, the videos don't really explain what that actually means. As in, like your meat should have very little resistance when you probe into it, because you've wrapped it. It's like gone through the stall, you know. All the, yeah, all this like terminology yeah, and briskets are like 
people compare it to YouTube. So they'll see like someone do a brisket, an American like grain-fed brisket, and it will have a lovely jiggle. It will be, you know, really moist, really fatty. Realistically, our meat over here is totally different. All of our cuts like are totally different to American meat. I mean, I, I, we're lucky enough, like my in-laws have got a house in California. So we go out, well, we haven't been out for a while, but we've been out probably about seven or eight times. And when we go to supermarkets, we can get these like massive steaks, like big fat ribeyes, like two inch thick, and they're like seven dollars. But it's all grain fed. Wow. I'll tell you what, like yeah. British British beef is the best in the world. I will always I will, that this is the hill I'll die on because having tasted stuff from around the world, like we just our stuff is more beefy, it's more like the fat is like a nice yellow. You know, we've got the best basically like ecosystems to grow amazing beef i mean have you tried meat matters stuff no i haven't no well honestly you need honestly treat yourself it's so good like ollie the guy that basically founds it he is like a savant when it comes to like aging meat so he won't let anything go unless it's like aged to his specification it's all like ex-dairy cow so the fat and it's beautifully marbled nice yellow it's like marbled throughout and it's really reasonably priced. If you've been looking or thinking about an outdoor kitchen, then look no further than AOS Outdoor Kitchens. They are the South's leading outdoor kitchen design and installation specialists. Their extensive showroom is based just outside Bournemouth on the Dorset Hampshire border, and as well as numerous in-store displays, also features a live outdoor kitchen where they cook every week on Kamado grills, pizza ovens, and all filmed and shown on YouTube. They offer a wealth of knowledge on how to transform your patio into the most incredible outdoor dining area with styles and options to suit every budget. And you can guarantee they will be able to create something perfectly suited to you and your home. They stock and supply everything that you're going to need for outdoor cooking, including barbecues, Kamado ovens, pizza ovens, outdoor fridges and every accessory that you would need to become the ultimate outdoor chef. So if you want to make yourself the envy of your friends and neighbours, get in touch with them today to arrange a consultation and take the first step in transforming your back garden into the most incredible entertainment space. Visit aoskitchens.co.uk. Well, funny enough, though, you've literally, so we spoke to Genevieve Taylor uh, in, in a previous episode, and you've just mirrored exactly what she was saying about British beef yeah, and, and how it just doesn't—it—it's it, it, head and shoulders above, uh, you know, everyone else. And again, you're talking about the jiggle on the, you know, the US prime beef, but it is fattier, it's corn-fed, and you're not actually getting the quality, the best quality of, of meat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, well, well, I don't know why we we don't sing about it more. Like, and but the thing is now, like with social media, there are like companies that are trying to push their sort of breed of beef a little bit more so like hereford beef i've been doing some stuff with them and then it's the hereford beef count like board of, of like cattlemen who are funding it to like sing about the beef and you know hereford's near wales like again beautiful green you know lush land yeah. to graze on so all, all the beef is is epic and there's these little farms and pockets of like people all around the uk that are doing these amazing things not just beef like we've got the best that some of the best pork in the world some of the best turkeys you know like we don't sing about our produce enough so yeah youtube is a lot to answer when it comes to like barbecue and the the way we cook it you know like three two one on ribs for example that's that's too long six hours for 
you know, baby back ribs that when we get them over here are, are thin and tiny. That's that's well too much to cook them. But you're sticking to that recipe. You, that's what's going to put people off. Oh, I've done these for six hours and they're like, you know, dry as a bone and horrible. Also, it's an exceptional amount of butter and sugar that gets used in the three to one method as well, isn't it? If yeah, you think the sauce, yeah. the sugar, the butter, yeah. it's, it's mad. I, I I almost never do. Th- I think I've done the three two method once. Yeah, I, I just don't kind of get involved in that at all. But it's, as I, I suppose it's almost like an introduction to doing ribs because if you've never done it, that is a good way of getting your first cook underway, isn't it? Like smoking them, then wrapping them, then sourcing them. But realistically, as you progress, you will know the signs. Like you'll see a little bit of. The, the bone sort of exposed a little bit they think, oh it's time to wrap yeah. now and then you you'll probe and think oh they're nearly at 90 degrees so i might as well take them out and glaze them so yeah it's just that introduction isn't it i just hate elitism yeah. in barbecue like, i hate you know p- pigeonholing people into like saying you've got to do it this way and that's it and if you do it any other way it's wrong well it's not that's not the case is it it's like you might find a way that works for you if you do your ribs i don't know two hours and then one hour and then unwrap for 30 minutes. That's, that's fine, isn't it? It's, it's the way you like doing things. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And also, you know, I think we all know once, once you've started cooking meat a few times on the barbecue that n- no piece is never really identical. No. And they, you have to be able to adapt. So you can never almost stick to the same tried and tested method every time because the meat won't let you do that most of the time. Yeah, exactly. Like barbecuing outside is literally like a, you've got so many pitfalls, so many things that go wrong. Like, I'm not even funny. Whenever we do a barbecue at home, like my um, my wife's only really likes to eat chicken um, and sort of lean white meats. We've got my mother-in-law who is sometimes vegan. My my brother-in-law's vegan. My sister-in-law is sometimes vegan. So sometimes we, we do a barbecue and we're cooking. Like, I'm doing like about four different things, like four different dishes. And then people turn up late. So then you've got to like hold it back. And then, you know, people want to see what you're cooking. So you open the lid and all these like, you know, all these things like will mess with your cook, basically. So you've got to like think on yeah. your feet. Then you've got a live fire to contend with as well. So all these different elements of barbecue. And that's why I love it. It's like so many things that go wrong. It's like spinning plates. Sometimes you're like run over here, do this, change that, you know, get some more wood on then. You know, someone's turned up. I've got, I've got to do this now. Like, exciting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And again, the fact that we can talk about it and still get super excited talking about it, even though yeah. we're not actually doing it, I think that's a just, a, I suppose, a testament to how much we all love barbecue. Yeah, it's just, um, just a nice way. I mean, a way of bringing people together. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. I'm really interested to know what what would you. I'd like to come onto your Instagram actually in a, in a minute, but what would you say is your favourite thing to cook on the barbecue? I like a good steak. I do like a good steak. Yeah, um, I probably Any particular type of steak. I'll probably go Cote de Boeuf over tomahawk, just because sometimes Cote de Boeuf is more easy to sort of manage on the grill. Like we've got when you've got a tomahawk, sometimes this that bone takes up a lot of space but it is a quite nice cool handle but yeah i, I love like i think ribeye is probably one of my favorite cuts so any form of ribeye whether it be coat of birth just normal ribeye you know um tomahawk yeah just simple like 
simple don't cover it loads of rub just like literally good salt sometimes i don't even salt it before and i just sear it and then salt it afterwards like let the meat speak for itself you don't it's hard isn't it like because you don't know what if you don't know what the beef tastes like how do you know how much salt to put on it so it's better to cook it first and then salt to taste afterwards that's what i like to do but then yeah it's horses courses isn't it sometimes i like to sort it before you know it's, but yeah let, let the ingredients yeah, I suppose it, yeah. yeah and again you were saying about it's no one way is the right way it is it, what you've just said just again is i suppose testament to that and sometimes yeah. you might fancy a little bit of a rub just for a bit of flavour. Sometimes yeah. you won't. Sometimes you, you yeah. salt and pepper just does enough. I get people like I, I'm on TikTok now as well, and that's like fucking hell. That's another Jesus. That's like Wild West. <laughs> and people, some I think, oh my god, how are these people even got allowed to have phones, let alone connections? <laughs> like, dangerous. And people are like you can only flip a steak once, and I'm like, what? Since what? Like who took like? Who told you that? You know, like... Jesus. Well, the steak police, apparently. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, everyone, like, it's their way or the highway. And I'm like, nah, look, you just... You flip it as many times as you want until it's done. Like, it won't make a difference. Like, because I can remember that from old TV shows. Like, like you've, only, you've got to only flip a steak once because then basically, like, the juices will sit in the middle and all this sort of stuff. It's like, come on. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Well, maybe we touch a bit more on on, on TikTok, but um, <laughs> certainly your, your Instagram. So I noticed, I think you're doing some turkey within the last few days. Yeah. Um, I, a lot of, it's almost like you're in a lot of kind of step-by-step guides, aren't you, in, in, in a lot of the, I suppose, almost exclusively video content now, certainly the majority of it is. Yeah, you know what? You've just got to basically give the Instagram algorithm what it wants. And at the minute, reels are the favourite thing. Um, I mean, I, if I'm honest, I like doing sort of longer form content, more like YouTube style tutorial videos. Like, because for me, I like to see how things are done, like step by step. And what I suppose what you've got to appreciate about Instagram is it's a bit of a revolving door. So you you you'll keep your core like following don't get me wrong like people that like you know i've followed the same people who have followed them for years but realistically probably like 80 percent of your account is like a revolving door of people who haven't seen this stuff before so you know just because you've cooked turkey once doesn't mean you can't do it again like the next year and blah blah, blah. like people won't scroll back down your accounts like your 200th post and go oh he's already done that no. so yeah and I always like to try and get the turkey stuff done early because one, we lose the the weather just goes, doesn't it? So October is a dodgy month where you're never really going to be able to cook outside unless you're lucky. I mean, we've had quite a nice October, but I did all my turkey stuff in September when the weather was lovely. And yeah, this year I wanted to show people like you can do it in a few different ways and like cost of living is a big thing. So one of yeah. the turkeys I've got to send, that's what I broke down into is different component parts and basically with every part, I wanted to show people like you can use it for something. So rather than cooking your whole turkey on Christmas day and just using the leftovers for, like sandwiches, butcher it yourself, do the breasts or one breast on Christmas day with a leg. That's enough to feed like six people. And then that way you've got half of it left over. So you can do maybe like something with the other breast and you do something with the other leg. You've got the wings, like turkey wings are an, an amazing dish. I love turkey wings. They're so like underrated because they don't you don't really get them unless you go to like Smithfield no. or 
especially as butchers, they're really hard to get, but they're lovely. And then the carcass as well, like another thing, like all, I'm all about like no wastage. So the carcass, I, I basically roasted that up and made gravy out of it. So like turkey gravy. Videos Amazing. to come. I was I noticed a lot of uh, a lot of your videos as well. There's always a cheeky bottle of uh, whiskey. Oh or, yeah, or buff, yeah, buffalo, buffalo trace. trace. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did something with them. I've been doing I've been doing videos for them now for about eighteen months. So during lockdown, myself and Hillary from Barbecue Lads, we had a sizzling Saturdays like instagram live show so instagram live was that at the time that was like the thing that everyone wanted to be on like that was what generated the most views and most sort of traffic to people's instagram's account but now instagram live is kind of dead in the water like no one's really sitting around looking at their phones 24 7 everyone's out back at work and all that so that was one of our like main sponsors for the show so every saturday we um we did it every every other saturday so we had some sort of buffalo trace cocktail or drink or infuse it into cooking and again the, the flavors of it just complement barbecue really really well it's all like that like you know like brown sugar vanilla you know like you know the like cinnamon type flavors like go really well with barbecue it's a nice mix with so, coke as well for them on friday <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say how much of it actually gets used for barbecue and how much yeah. of it's just a ch- cheeky drink on the side I'll tell you what, when, we, when I first started doing something with them, we did a Father's Day shoot and they built a bar in my garden for me. So I've got like a, you know, like a, almost like a tiki hut bar that they built for oh, wow. this Father's Day shoot. And they were like, oh, it's yours to keep. And it's got optics. So I've got like three bottles of Buffalo Trace on the optics. So I like, I do the old, like, I get like, I'll tell you what it's really nice with, apple tires. Buffalo Trace and apple tires is ace. And they actually had that drink designed. So they, I didn't, this is like, Barbecue is one thing, but getting into like drinks and cocktails and all that, they basically go to a company and say, look, we want you to like design drinks to go with Buffalo Trace and they will have like mixologists taste it and complement the flavours. So basically the apple goes really well with like the toffee, like caramel flavours. So yeah, apples, Buffalo Trace, loads of ice. That's an amazing drink. Uh, Yes, it's like a a science lesson, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) It comes to that type of thing. Yeah, like mixology, like again, really similar to barbecue. You build a drink the same way you would build like a layer of, you know, bark on a on a brisket. You will like put this in because it complements that. Like, say you do like a mustard glaze, then you do the rub, then you might do another rub on top of that because that like counteracts the other. Like, very similar, like the 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 flavor profiling of barbecue and cocktails. Yeah, it just all goes hand in hand. Coffee's another one. Coffee goes really well with barbecue. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're starting to talk about ingredients uh, and, and pairing. So I think what would be quite good to now is move on to our barbecue bingo challenge yeah. where uh, spin, that wheel. Uh, spin that wheel. But obviously our new part is that if you can think of an ingredient to add to the list for our next, and that will go onto the list for uh, hopefully for our next guest to, uh, uh, to, to get. So, if you just bear me one second, I'll share my screen. Hopefully you're not allergic to anything, so. Nah. <gasps> Look at it. It's very high tech. There's a lot of money gone into, into, into this uh, wheel. <laughs> I love it. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to read. So we've got liver, 
which was last week's guest. So that was left by uh, Neil from Gorilla Gorilla. Uh, we've got Sumac that was left by Big Nose Barbecue Crew. Um, Ma Maple and Pecan Ice Cream that was left by David from Spice Punch. And then uh, we've just got some other bits and pieces, but we've got everything. So a bit of duck, sweet pastry, fish, whiskey, um, down to like mint, paella, those types of there is one really dish. That's not an ingredient. Well, it, there's a mix. Some, sometimes <laughs> it's an ingredient, sometimes it's a dish. Say like ham, egg and chips or something like. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could do if you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, so, it could, yeah, as long as it's an ingredient or a dish that, could, that, that can be cooked. Um, right. But there is one called my signature dish, which is what your signature dish would be. So what, what would you say you're famous for? Would it be the steaks? Yeah, I suppose steak is like one of the the main focuses of my page. It's hard though. I was like, like really struggles to answer this question when someone says, "What's my signature?" We do it with something. My wife watched like uh, MasterChef or something, and she goes, "Oh, what would you cook? I like, would be your signature dish." Like, I don't know. Like, I do so many different things. How I do like chips? chicken? I love. I think chicken's really versatile, so you can do lots with chicken. Okay, so if it lands on my signature dish, it'll be something chicken-based? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay, all right, well, we'll give it a spin, see what we get. Curry. The choice is yours. Lovely. What would, what would you say is your go-to curry? You know what, I love um, I love a biryani. If, I, if I'm getting it from the takeaway, I'll get a biryani. But at home i always make a butter chicken curry with chicken thighs i do like butter chicken yeah yeah it's chicken just thighs quite are, simple really to make for curries yeah chicken thighs are amazing so yeah My, oh okay well yeah that sounds expect that, a curry dish coming soon sounds good okay so I'll add it straight to the list now. What would what would be the ingredient or dish that you'd want to to add to the list for uh, for the next guest? Oh, chocolate buttons. Okay, nice. Chocolate buttons. Right, that is added to the list. Love it. Yeah, because Great. okay. Desserts on a barbecue, like, I don't really see many people do it. So yeah, why not? Good choice. I've, got, I've yeah. got massive sweet tooth. I love sweets. Yeah. Chocolate. Ice cream is my killer. <laughs> really? See, yeah, ice, ice cream is not, it's not something I, I particularly like, but I've, when it comes to like sweets and chocolate, I'm like all over it. But yeah, ice cream, I'm never really... What's your go-to ice cream? Uh, I like rum and raisin ice cream or a pistachio ice cream. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, I like this. I suppose it's ice cream. I'm like, oh. What would be your favourite sweet? Like what would you go to sweet? Oh, I love pick and mix. You know the but you know the buzz sweets you get from like the corner shop. They're yeah. like, like pink laces or like sour twists, all that sort of stuff. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I, I I really enjoy licorice comfort. Mm. not many people do <laughs> i was gonna say yeah licorice is one of the things i like, used to get offered at christmas you're like oh oh no i love licorice 
I think this is a first for the podcast, by the way. We're talking about sweets. Sweets. You know what? After like a day of doing barbecuing or demoing or classes, the last thing I want to eat when I get home is barbecue. So I normally have like a stash of sweets or like chocolate in my car. So whenever I drive home, I've got like something sweet to like take that smoky, like, you know, yeah, barbecue flavor away and just have something like totally the opposite. Yeah, I completely get that. Yeah. I normally do that, but it's probably nine o'clock at night after I have been cooking all day. Like you said, you just want that, yeah. that sugar rush. Oh yeah, so when I get off this, I'm going to go and have um, some peanut but- peanut M&Ms and watch a bit of telly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't blame you. Well, look, I suppose, what what can we expect for 20, 2023 from, from, from you, Jack? So What's exciting the, lined up? The next biggest thing for me is I'm finally relaunching my rubs. So I've got my own range of barbecue rubs that I've had. Oh, okay. I've had them for years. I've been, I must've been doing them now for about three years, maybe a little bit longer, actually. Um, must be close to four, but basically I've had, I had issues with the last company that did them for me. And I haven't had any for, it must be getting on for 18 months. I've not done a run for, for yeah, a good 18 months. And I always wanted to basically like rebrand and, do them in shakers and have two sizes. Yeah. You know, I very, very much started as like making it myself in my kitchen and bagging it myself and selling it, you know, like hand, you know, my first order was to Riverside and I hand bagged a hundred sachets of rub. And it was like, it took me right, a week, well, yeah. but it was like, that's where it all started versus it was in the kitchen. So yeah. now I've just basically, I found a company that, you know, almost like we found each other really like, they um, approached me and said about doing a, cl- a collaboration. And I was like, well, funny you mentioned it. I'm looking for a firm to actually take over the whole production of it. So yeah. I've been told it's going to be 14th of November. They'll be available on Amazon. And we'll have two sizes. We'll have a large shaker, like 200, 230 gram, and a small, like 90 gram shaker. And it's the, the four core, no added sugar flavors. So all the rubs are no added sugar great so yeah for you know high heat grilling they're perfect because the sugar won't you know there's no no sugar apart from what naturally occurs in the ingredients so they won't it won't burn obviously yeah it will if you you know expose it's a super high heat but realistically it's not going to like caramelize like the sugary rubs that you can get hold of but yeah it's going to be exciting can can, can you say what can you say what the flavors are i wasn't yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, so. um, so yeah my um my core range. So, um, meat. The first one I ever created was meat dust, which is like an old school barbecue, like uh, fairly. It's not not very coarse at all. It's more like a like a powder, but it's what I would consider like old school barbecue. Like loads of um, like cumin, smoked paprika, cayenne, like salt, pepper, yeah. garlic, like like a nice red color. Um, good on everything. Really, it's like a multi-purpose yeah. rub. I've got like a version of ranch, so like a dry ranch rub so like full of flavor like dill parsley salt pepper garlic i've got a cat it's called cowboy coffee which is like a coffee based rub so again beautiful for like slow cooks like brisket pork and we um the last one we developed is called outlaw and it's almost like um a sounds spicy 
Yeah, no, you know what? It's like a, it's like a few, it's like an, almost like an Indian fusion. So it's like salt, pepper, garlic, turmeric, and oregano. It's really nice. It's, oh, it's, okay. really, it's really salty. So you have to use it quite sparingly, but it just really makes meat come alive. Like, cause it's got that beautiful, like yellowy um, turmeric in it, which is like quite earthy as anyway. It just balances yeah. really nice. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Like the company I'm working with now, they like wouldn't basically get it underway until they had all the certificates and all the different ingredients were like sourced properly. So everything's going to yeah. be really, really nice. And yeah, we're going to go live on Amazon until the 14th of November. So by the time this airs, it might be out. So go and check Amazon. Yes, yes, do. Shameless plug. <laughs> well, this is the whole point. <laughs> yeah, get, get you on talk talk about it so that that's absolutely yeah. fine a, again i think it's it's very much about promoting british barbecue in in all its forms right yeah. so whether that's classes rubs sauces um going back to youtube and we were saying you've got you know you said that it's got a lot to answer for because it's all american based i suppose what we just need to make sure is that there's more english and uk based channels promoting uk based yeah butchery and, and and those types of things so yeah let, let shout about it all you need to <laughs> yeah exactly you know i think i'm not trying to like poo poo other brands of rubs like especially if you get it from the states or whatever but having looked at some of the prices of things now like when they're because they're being imported in like i saw a company i think it was like a bottle of lanes or something in barbecue land. it was like 20 quid it's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, I was like, Jesus. But I suppose, yeah, like you're you're importing it in from America and Australia. I think it's I think Lanes is Australian. But yeah, like, you know, things are just more expensive nowadays. Like when I first started doing it, the the rubs I think were like eight ninety nine each. But now you're talking like three years on, things have gone up so much, like you're never gonna be able to do it for that yeah. anymore. Yeah. It's by the by, isn't it? Yeah. Um but yeah, the whole thing the whole thing of it is that there's no added sugar. So really what i'm aiming it for is people that are like on keto or diabetic or have a lot of health because that's basically why they come about like myself and my wife we did the keto diet but what we realized really quickly is we couldn't use any of the rubs we had in the cupboard because they're full of sugar yeah so then what we basically did is like design rubs that didn't have any sugar so we could use them on our food and that's where meat us was born so that was like the first one and then everything i've tried to do has been no added sugar so yeah, you know, don't be wrong. I have sugar. It would appeal to a wider audience than barbecue as well, wouldn't it? Again, if you are yeah, looking yeah. for people that are looking to be that he that healthier lifestyle, even if they're indoor cooking, but just want that flavour. Yeah, massively. And what we found is when we 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 started doing it, we got like a bit of a following from like the Weight Watchers community as well, because it's like no, it's yeah. no sins. So all the um, because there's no added sugar, like you can use as much of it as you like. So yeah, the, the Weight Watchers crowd were really like big on it as well. But I've been getting emails from people saying, oh, when's it back in stock? And I'm like, I don't know. Like it's been a long time. And all the stuff that's gone on in the world has basically caused the the delays. It should have been ready in March this year, but it's just taken so long because the war in the Ukraine's affected stuff that you wouldn't, you know, appreciate. Like cumin's apparently has been really hard to get hold of. Like no one can get hold of cumin anymore. Like, you know. So, yeah, finally, when the light is at the end of the tunnel. We're nearly there. Oh, excited. Fantastic. Well, is there anything else that we haven't spoken about so far that you wanted to, to, to tell our listeners? Um, not that I can think of, I suppose, yeah. Like, 
the main thing for me going on is like the yeah the barbecue land stuff's really taken off we've got a full calendar of classes now for next year i think we've got 25 classes i've got just started doing a pizza class as well so my first one's this saturday 29th so yeah i think i think not many people know that barbecue land is there because it's where it is it's kind of tucked away um but yeah check it out because the school is epic they've got an amazing what's the website barbecueland.co.uk and they've got an amazing as you say like a you know like a children's playground of you know grills like they've got offset smokers they've got camados they've got you know pellet grills they've got all all for you to go and look at he he does stock a a really like eclectic range of of grills like you know some things i'm like what's that where's that come from like he's got this thing called a techno roast you heard of these no it's a it's a big long like rotisserie basically so it holds 40 skewers but only small so they must they only hold skewers about what about three inches but right. motor basically turns all these 40 skewers at once. They're like big in, they're big in Italy and they're like popular in street food. But what it comes with, well, I think you have to buy it is like a box, like a big, big metal box. And the idea is you put your base of the box at the bottom and it's got like a hundred holes for your skewers. And then you put in like meat and the, what they basically show on the, um, the demo video is lamb breasts. So you f- pack it with lamb breasts, this big box, yeah. And then you put your skewers in the holes, a bit like Kaplunk, you know, like where you like putting things in. <laughs> yes. Like yeah. that. You put your hundred skewers in and then you get your knife and you cut down the holes in the side, the slots. So then when you take the box away, you've got a hundred perfect s- skewers of lamb breast. Oh, wow. And then you put them in your rotisserie and they all turn at the same time. It's, it is like really. That like sounds you, pretty, that sounds pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I did a video. I did chicken fires because I thought I've, can't get hold of lamb breast but they did it with chicken fries it worked really well and to see them all t- like twiddling away at w- once was like pretty yeah pretty epic um so yeah he's got some weird stuff there but yeah that it's um it's definitely a place to to visit perfect and and again just just for for anyone that's perhaps not following you or, or you know hasn't seen you where, where can where can they sh- uh, see your content so basically all major platforms instagram facebook uh tiktok youtube all of my platforms are at jack's meat shack so yeah if you haven't followed me or seen my stuff check me out it's pretty good i suppose <laughs> love that well thanks very much jack for, for on the podcast it's been great chat you're very welcome and, um who knows? Perhaps we'll, uh, we'll we'll pop down into to barbecue land and, and run into you or, or catch up with you at a show. Obviously, there's loads of barbecue festivals and things next year. So um, yeah, on, yeah, honestly, good like to, on good a, to meet on you in side. person. Um, well, I suppose I pro- probably should let you get back to your uh, peanut M and M's and oh yeah, that's it. Wicked, mate. It's been nice chatting. No to you. worries. And you, yeah, I'll catch up with you soon. Cheers, Owen. And that's it for another episode of the Meet and Greet Barbecue Podcast. Thanks so much for Jack coming on and talking about his his journey into barbecue, his very successful Instagram account, and now what's taken him into a career in barbecue after, after leaving the police force. So as ever, we want to hear from you. We want to find out exactly what you've been up to, you know, up to or you want us to talk about. So please do get in contact through our uh, social media channels, through the website, Meet and Greet Barbecue Podcast. 
Uh, on our website, we do have the Meet and Greet Barbecue Podcast store, which has got the official merchandise. Uh, there's some affiliates that we're working with, you know, fantastic brands like Thermapen. Uh, so please do, you know, go check that out. And we'd love for you to be rocking the merch and seeing uh, seeing the Meet and Greet Barbecue Podcast uh, everywhere. And until next time, keep on grilling. Today's episode is brought to you by AOS Kitchens, the South's leading outdoor kitchen design and installation specialists.